Good morning, podcast, and welcome to the Pierre Tillamet Show. I'm Pierre, your host, and today I've got an awesome guest, and I'm super pumped to share that conversation with you guys. His name is the one and only Toby Shinobi. Toby is a commercial photographer, Sony ambassador, Sigma Lens ambassador, based out of Chicago right now, but originally from London. And his story is mind-blowing. I think you're going to love it. You are going to hear how he went from lawyer to broke to finding a camera that changes life and then we'll be digging into what lenses had a role to play in his career and really what his creative approach was, what was the highs and lows on when he really went full-time into photography and where he stands out right now. And I'm very excited to share that conversation with you guys because there is a lot to be taken and lessons learned here. So please if you're ready, I'll go check out Toby Shinobi on Instagram. It's T-O-B-I-S-I-H-I-N-O-B-I. And now let's get started. Let's welcome Toby to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Toby. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm, I'm pumped to have you here. I'm glad to be here, man. It's an honor to be in the midst of uh, such talented individuals such as yourself and uh, the rest of the uh, podcast crew. It's, it's crazy. The... Um, the amount of people I've been able to meet here that mm -hmm. are really talented, including you, it's it's really cool. Actually. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, I wanna I wanna kind of have, have um, a little insight into your world. Okay. If I tell you photography, what do you think about? Like, what's the first image that comes to your mind when you ask me about photography? I just say photography. Oh man, um, it's funny. I, I'm a very visual person, so my brain just went through like a, a whole slideshow of images when really? you say that yeah um, I, I guess the the one that's kind of the most poetic is like you know black and white street photography yeah when you think about the art of photography that's one of the ones that really jumps to the front of mind but just having been in the industry now for as long as I have I know that photography takes many different manifestations so yeah. it's, um, it's, an, it's it's an interesting question that yeah it's, it's funny how the, the black and white street is the one that, that really pops in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Because your feet is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that for me, that's me expressing myself. And um, there may be a touch of uh, self-deprecation in that. Yeah. Um, I know that certain values are placed on certain types of work, yeah, and there's a part of me that just doesn't care, right? I, I'm yeah. doing, I'm doing me. Like, yeah, that's the photography I like to do. I have my point of view in photography. Yeah. That's what I like to, to to put out there. That's what my fans like to see. Yeah, it's a visual language that um, I'm able to communicate well in. Um, but I know there's some people who be like, you know, when they consider the greats of photography, yeah, um, they will first think of street photography so it's, yeah. it's, it's an interesting question that you posed to me i'll probably be thinking about that one uh, <laughs> after the podcast yeah, yeah. um you you have a, a little accent uh that's yeah. clearly british um is it, is it clear? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess just like my accent is totally yeah. Yeah. right russian right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um can you tell us a little bit about your original story like what's volume zero what where do you come from what sure um, how did you get how did so, you fall into that world? The, my, my origin story is um, I was I was out one day, uh, one night with my parents, and they got uh, murdered outside a cinema, and that's how I became Batman. 
Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Love> no, um, <laughs> I um, I grew up in I grew up in East London. Mum was born in the UK. She's from Barbados. Yeah. Dad is from Nigeria. He's born in Africa. No way. Um, yeah. I lived in Nigeria. Oh, we'll talk about that. All right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and um, yeah, they both came from very familial, um, traditional, strict. Yeah. Um, upbringings, um, not overly strict, but like firm and fair. Um, I wasn't allowed to do a lot of what the other kids were allowed to do, but I had a fun growing up. You know, definitely there was yeah. a lot of laughter in my house growing up, with the exception of the time when my parents um, ended up getting divorced and stuff. But just kind of fast forward, and my parents um, were very much about education as their parents had been, mm -hmm. and it's often the case for Afro Caribbean parents that yeah. you know, education is first and foremost. And creativity often takes a little bit of a back foot. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not from a place of wanting to restrict your child. It's coming from a place of love where they want your um, they want your best interests. Yeah. Um, they they want you to flourish. They don't want you to have to go through some of the struggles that they've had to go through. Yeah. And so um, a lot of emphasis was placed on um, academics. Um, now. The interesting thing was um, my mom qualified as a jeweler and her father before her was mm -hmm. a jeweler as well. Oh. So she had tried to go down the creative route, um, but it didn't end up working out for her for a number of different reasons. I won't go into too much detail now, but it didn't end up working out for her. Um, but she always had this creative spirit. Um, and then she ended up transitioning into doing um, civil engineering because she wasn't earning enough money to take care of me mm -hmm. and my brother. Um, and I love and respect my mom for that. She, you know, yeah. she she shouldered a lot of the burden of making sure me and my brother were taken care of and and put in the position that she felt we needed to be. Yeah. So, um, and also, you know, she remarried, and my stepdad was very much of the same ethos. You know, he wanted us to to, to flourish. He didn't want us to just, you know, to 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 survive. He wanted us to to thrive. Yeah. And so. Um, the the interesting thing for me was growing up in that household where education academics were so important and knowing from a young age as well like I was told by the teachers and my parents were told by the teachers oh you know very young age he's university material he should be you know very successful when he grows up he's very intelligent he's very capable all that kind of stuff so when it got time to choosing a career I actually picked law yeah this was, I I kind of put the creative on the back burner for a while. I used to love to draw. Um, I was fortunate that I was interested in sports. I was interested in English. I was interested in science and French. You name it. I was interested yeah. in a bunch of different things. But um, there's a gift and a curse that comes in that because you have a number of different options that you're good at. You know, if you're just good at football, then you know that's what mm -hmm. you're destined to be. I, I had this kind of wavering back and forth when I wasn't quite sure um, I even remember I went to careers advice one time. Do you remember the old ones where they 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 get you to do like a, a series of questions? Yeah, and you yeah. Go, and then it told you it gives you a list of things that you'd be yeah. good at. Here's my what list, you're gonna be. <laughs> my list was like pages long. Really? And, and I'm like I'm like a young teen. I'm like you know 11, 12 yeah. looking at this list and like and it was just pretty much you could be yeah. you know whatever. So later in life, you know, gone to college and um, I was an uh, inquisitive child I used to ask a lot of questions as yeah. um, you know kids can sometimes be and as I got older um, I used to question with a little bit more confidence and it was 
yeah. confidence can sometimes be perceived as cockiness and arrogance yeah. and so on and so forth. And then I guess I got to an age where it was fun to me. And so I was perceived yeah. as being argumentative. <laughs> and so a lot of um, friends and family would say to me, oh, you like to argue, Toby, you should be a lawyer. And so I was like, all right, cool. And that was, that was a stupid reason for me becoming a lawyer. The good reason for me becoming a lawyer was um, I, um, I remember being interested in it and speaking to some of the tutors. And I remember working out that I could um, be challenged because I definitely wanted to be challenged in whatever I did. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be able to help people. And I wanted to be able to make a decent living at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was my good reason for picking law. And those kind of two things kind of ran for a while. Um, and I worked in law for a good while. And I tried to get fully qualified as a lawyer, but it didn't quite happen for whatever reason. Um, and I remember towards the end of my time as in, in, in law, I remember just looking around the room and a good friend of mine had said to me that he always wanted to be surrounded by people who inspire him. Yeah. And I just wasn't inspired. Hmm. Um, I worked in litigation and uh, I would um, not all the time but often end up in front of a judge and um, I I would uh, be defending employer clients so our clients were typically specialized in employment law Um, so where there was a dispute between employee and employer I would be on the side of the employer and you just spend... 95% 95% of your time either arguing with a judge, arguing with the other side, arguing with your client because your client thinks that what they've done isn't that bad. Yeah. You're arguing with the your opponent who thinks that what your client done is very bad. And it's just it was just a lot of arguing and it was um, this that kind of helped to fuel my transition into photography because photography was like it was cathartic to me. It was like therapy. I would, you know, just there was all this stuff that was outside of my control yeah. and you're effectively fighting fires all the time. And then I would just, uh, leave the office like at lunchtime, I'd grab a sandwich from the local shop and, you know, take about a hundred photos every lunchtime. Oh, nice. And it was just, it was just escapism. I had this level of control that I didn't have yeah. in my job and I just felt so much better. Uh, I remember my girlfriend at the time, there was a period of time when I was feeling kind of down and she said, oh, you haven't taken any pictures in a while. Why don't you go and do that? And I just remember feeling this kind of release after doing Interesting. that. Interesting. So it, that photography has for the longest time um, been something that's been escapism for me. Um, but then when you go from doing something for fun to doing it for funds, yeah, the relationship obviously changes a lot. Yes. So um, you then start to you know, the, the, the therapy or the medicine is not as strong as <laughs> yes. it was or, or the medicine. If you're not, if you don't preserve your love of photography or your craft, you know, whatever creative thing it was that was giving you that, that escape before then effectively, you know, it can become a poison. And so yeah. I just had to become mindful of that. So when you, when you transitioned, did you feel it instantly or were you like super excited? Like uh, how, how was the transition for you? Like what was, was it one evening one, you were sitting by a window and you're like, you know what, I'm going to be a photographer or what, what happened? Yeah, well, I, one day I was, yeah, I was looking out the window and I saw the bat signal. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what, no, one day it, it was weird because um, how I started photography. In fact, let me go back for a second. Because yeah. what, one, one of the interesting things for me was like growing up, um, I worked in a department store and I used to see people with cameras. Yeah. And 
older white guys. Yeah. That, that's all I saw. I didn't see yeah. any other older white guys. And so I assumed it was a toys of people who were affluent or had money or, yeah. you know, had time on their hands. I didn't, I never saw it as something that was for me. I, yeah. I kind of ruled it out. And my younger brother actually picked up a camera before me. And um, I know we always laugh about it in my family because he picked up the camera and that was what inspired me to take up photography. And then he kind of dropped off oh. and he's, he's seen what I've been able to achieve in it. And it's yeah. always that funny joke, like, man, you could have, you know, you could have done this. Yeah. Um, and it would have been really fun. Both of us coming up together because, yeah. you know, it would have then changed you, my whole... you just like, exactly. keep pushing each other. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Anyway, um, that didn't happen, but, um, I guess it got to a point where um, a friend of mine told me he was he was working with Sony and said get me a discount. I was like, all right, yeah. cool. So um, I got the camera and it was a really tiny camera, Sony NEX 5N, which is tiny. Yeah, I had it with me all the time, and uh, you know, it's one thing I told to anyone who's starting that photography. All the people who were around me who were starting at the same time as me, similar level of skill, they had these Canons because Canon was obviously the main name at the time. Yeah. And they would have to go home, get the camera, come out. Yeah. They had to decide to shoot. Whereas I had my camera with me all the time. Like, all the time. The first two years I was shooting, I would say it was maybe 10, maybe 14 days where I didn't have a camera on me. Yeah. So I just always had it on me. And um, the point, there was a, a particular day when I discovered depth of field. Oh. And that was the bat <laughs> signal for me. Like, I was, I was in this area in the kind of uh, off the beaten track in Shoreditch yeah. like um, and I climbed into this kind of place probably shouldn't have been there it's kind of derelict kind of yeah. wasteland looking area really epic they film a lot of films there and TV shows there now um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in this spot and I'm like wow I've discovered this spot I had, I've never seen it before I'm, I'm, and I'm I know London quite well yeah but I'd, you know gone off this little, little thing I'm exploring in this little area and there was this wall that was covered in graffiti and then there was these these paint cans which were crushed, rusted and everything like that. And I put the camera really close to it. Yeah. And all that was in focus was there was this the spray can. Yeah. And I took the picture and I looked at it and I was like, this is what I want to do. I just remember that feeling just being like, this is what I want That's to do. That's amazing. Um, and um, yeah, I get teased a lot about that picture. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I get teased a lot about that picture. Do you, um, do you like that picture still? In that I love day? that picture, yeah. man. Yeah, it's like you, you know. Um, do you think it's a good photo? That's a. That's I do think it, I do think yeah. it's a good photo. I understand why people laugh at it, though. Yeah, I understand, and it's and it's only like a few people who laugh at it, but yeah. it's it's funny because it's a photographer, uh, some photographer friends of mine who kind of tease me about it. But um, I think it was, is it Confucius who says yeah. you have two lives. Mm -hmm. The first life um, ends when you realize that you only have one life to live. Oh, I may have butchered that completely. But yeah, I, like, at that point, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, at that point, I'm like, wow, this is this is something I really enjoy doing. Yeah, um, and so you know, just that in itself, you know, I, I meet so many people who they want to do this and they want to do that. I kind of want to get into baking. I kind of want to do. They're people they're still kind of lost they haven't found their way yeah. yet but I you know me finding that it's I like either you want or you don't yeah yeah that's that's yeah I, I consider it a blessing for sure yes yeah yeah that that's awesome I love your Batman story <laughs> <laughs> it's not a story bro that's my life <laughs> <laughs> the story of your life um 
How, how did you end up in Chicago? Because you, okay. you were in London. Yeah, so um, I think you kind, of, you kind of asked me about the transition as well. From, yeah. Yeah, the, the transition was bumpy. Yeah. Um, it was because working law, um, you know, you could reach a certain standard of living and... Yeah, I mean, you make good money living. usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was making decent money, you know. It wasn't like, um, you know... You weren't like associate level, I imagine, already. I wasn't, I, wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't like laughing all the way to the bank, but I was earning enough money to yeah. buy a camera. To smile to the bank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I was smiling to the bank. And um, yeah, you know, I, I was able to, um, you know, live a decent lifestyle, going on vacation at least once a year. Um, I, you know, had my own place and stuff. And, you know, it was, it was cool. You know, I was able to, you know, treat whoever I wanted to treat, buy yeah. whatever I wanted to buy. I, was, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't want for anything. And then the transition over to photography, well, that that's, you know, un, unless you're very, very fortunate to transition from one career to another, it's going to be bumpy. Yes. So there was, there was all of that. Um, but um, in terms of me moving to Chicago, I guess what had happened was there was actually a change in the law, in employment yeah. law, right? And whereas before, For it was free for an individual to take their employer to mm -hmm. um, court or tribunal. Yeah. The government changed it so you now have to pay a certain amount of money. Um, yeah. So in dollars, let's say $1,500, in euros, whatever the exchange yeah. rate, $1,200, euros, right? I probably butchered the exchange rate, but hey. Um, <laughs> and that caused the amount of claims to drop by 80% which in turn caused the amount of need for lawyers who specialize in employment law to oh. also drop. So I got like severance package and whatnot. And that's served me well for, you know, a few so months. That's a great signal for you. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it was kind time. of, it was kind of almost, a, it was kind of almost a push because yeah. I, it was already kind of like my head wasn't like fully in this anymore. Yeah. And I did after that period, try to, um, work with another law firm but it just it just wasn't for me it yeah. just, it, I it just wasn't clicking. it wasn't yeah I just went to this other law firm and had to prove myself again to people yeah. you know you, there's that whole thing of you know showing that you're a nice guy showing that yeah. you're hard working showing that you you want to do this um, and law is a very traditional profession where mm -hmm. um, people expect things to be done in a certain way yeah and In my previous job, I was able to talk to clients directly and everything. There's a new firm that was like, no, you, you don't talk to the clients directly or anything like that. Even if you had a good suggestion or okay. you know, whatever, you don't, you just don't do it, right? All the while, I had clients like Adidas, LG, Microsoft, yeah. like Sony, who I'm talking directly to. I have my own set of clients on yeah. the side. But then in this office, yeah. I'm reduced to... I have to wait till I have to raise my hand and it's just like yeah. look, this 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 isn't going to work. Yeah. So um yeah, I just uh and you were getting a good amount of you were getting a, like photography jobs already on the side or It was bumpy. It was it was, it was, it was yeah, this is the bumpy period. Okay. Um and then so I, I left that law firm and then um here's the here's the, the, the biggest bump heading up to Christmas I'm with my my long-term on and off girlfriend at the time. And we were broke, um, like broke. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, badly. It was bad. It was bad. We, you know, could, couldn't afford to buy each other Christmas presents. Um, we could only afford. She had she had a daughter. We could only afford to buy her daughter 
across the president. So we scraped yeah. together money to get her something. Um, but I, you know, at that time, I'm not ashamed to say, like I was, I had to repair my jeans and like my jeans had worn through. I had to take them back to get them. So that's how, that's how bad it was. Yeah. And then I remember like early, maybe a month after that Christmas, I didn't have that much money left as well. Yeah. I was like running low on my savings. I remember the A7R2 had come out. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and I spent a good chunk of my money on that camera. Yeah. And um, I think a few weeks later, um, Adidas or yeah. Adidas, that's yeah. the pronounce it over here, called. And it was like the biggest job I'd had to date. And then after that, it was just like, that was the momentum that started everything. So that was cool. Um, it kind of felt that, yeah, the, you know, they say, mm-hmm. um, when the student is ready, the master appears. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I've bought this camera. Let's make the use of it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to do this. And, um, yeah, the momentum kicked off after that. Um, I think it's kind of blurry, but I think I'd already met Jason at that point, but the second time, sorry, I say Jason, Jason is the, it was the former CCO of Havas company I now work for. Okay. Um, Jason is a, is a, is a visionary in, in, in his field. He's, he's dominates in terms of advertising space he also dominates in terms of social media he's got like a million plus followers yeah. so we'd met a couple of times he's a fan of my work as a fan of his and second time I met him we're out shooting and he um, he'd introduced me to the office in London um, and with the hope that I might get some work for them some freelance or maybe more but we're we're into shooting and maybe two hours into the shoot he said do you want to move to Chicago I said yeah he goes I'm not messing about I said I'm not messing about all right, cool. I have my people call you. You did. And then six months later, a visa got approved. Um, maybe more than that. Um, but yeah, visa got approved. And I moved to Chicago two and a half years ago. That's I've been, awesome. I've been there ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. You're loving it? I am loving it. Yeah, I mean... You can be honest. Yeah, I'm, no, no, I'm I, am. I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chicago. Chicago's not perfect, but no city yeah. is, right? So, and, and there is a lot of misconceptions about Chicago. Um, yes, there is some very real um, undesirable points. Yeah, for for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, but um, I I do find it weird that there I don't, I don't know who benefits from this. But someone obviously does, but there are certain notions about certain places um, that are these kind of preconceived notions, which are not always accurate. Yeah. So I, you know, I get hit up all the time saying, "Oh, London's grey. London's yeah. it's grey and foggy all the time." Well, Chicago rains more than yeah. has more rainfall than than London does, and yeah. it's foggier there than it ever is in London. But Chicago isn't known for being foggy and grey. Yeah, because um, it's faster. Faster I th- I in think more sense. Yeah, like the fog comes in and out quickly, and the rain comes like like it, it pours very quickly I, yeah, I, don't, I we don't have like in Paris I feel yeah. like Chicago where it's gonna rain for a week yeah like yeah, in Paris Chicago, I had that Chicago has this really bad rep it does some people. especially downtown which is funny yeah have you, been, have you been to Chicago well I live there now you yeah. live in Chicago yeah okay cool that's why it's funny because downtown (laughs) Chicago has its own climate almost yeah and it's it is gray and you get like so much and then when I move out back towards Midway and then you see yeah it's 
it's good weather. Oh yeah, of course, of course. You, yeah, you told yeah. me you live out by Midway. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, okay, so um, yeah, so it has this really bad rep. Yeah, but Chicago, you know, you go downtown; it's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Like you go across the Lakeshore Bridge yeah. and you look in towards Trump Tower. Yeah, and you see all the lights. Yeah, it's like wow. Like, and my friends come to visit me, and they're like, wow. Yeah, you know, so there's the side of Chicago people don't really know and I'm sure someone's benefiting from knowing someone's benefiting from the reputation that Chicago has yeah. of not being yeah. an amazing city that it is but Chicago wants to tell you that's the best city in the world yeah I don't know if it's the best city in the world but it's it's a good city it's a good city no it's definitely a good city yeah. I think it's it's not bad and that just like everywhere it has good exactly. and bad yeah for photography it's pretty good I would say for photography it it is pretty good um, yeah. for There's like these little hubs of communities of like really talented photographers. Yeah. Um, you know, a real range of like great studio photographers, great portrait photographers, um, some of the best talent I've seen worldwide. Yeah. You know, some really um, talented people coming out of Chicago and moving to Chicago. And then, you know, from, from my standpoint, from architect's standpoint, it has some, it has one of the most recognizable skylines of like mm. anywhere in the world yeah. um, and you know we talk about the fog the, one of my favorite things about Chicago is the interaction of the architecture with yes. the fog is yeah. like there's very few places in the world where you see that and yeah. you can like I've been able to hone a craft and be known for a person who captures a city yeah. with the elements interacting mm-hmm. with it so yeah it's, it's, um, it's cool I do miss friends family and food Um, <laughs> yeah not in any particular order um, obviously family first but um, yeah L- London will always um, be home for me yeah but I feel like the whole world is is for yeah is, is there to be explored so we should do it that's true what do you um, what do you shoot with right now because that A7R2 was like the, the big bang <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, currently A7R3 Yeah, the A7R4. Um, oh yeah, might make me might make me cheat on my baby. Yeah, yeah. What, what, yeah. So I was kind of debating, and I made a, a video around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what what what's gonna make you? What's gonna push you over the border? So here's my thing. Like, I wasn't expecting the A7R4 to come out when it did. Yeah, no one. <laughs> no, yeah, everyone yeah. was like, "Where's the A7S?" Three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's, <laughs> yeah. We don't want myself a four. Included. We want a three right myself now. Myself <laughs> included. Myself included. I remember, I remember um, being at a launch event and being like, "Okay, I, I, I wasn't expecting that." And there were a couple of things that made me think um, I need to, I need to upgrade. And need is a. I'm using that loosely. <laughs> yeah. Because the the A7R three is a is a stellar machine. It's it was top of class, and. Yeah, I mean, for some people, the benefit of the A7R4 coming out is that the A7R3 drops in price, right? Yes, that's, so, that's the benefit. For me, um, I know that I take my craft very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I know that I want to deliver large prints. Okay. And the 61 megapixels will allow me to do that. And there's some other... Um, Revisions to the to the, the body that I think will help. Um, off the top of my head, because um, I'm doing more 
more video now. Mm-hmm. I autofocus and video will help. Um, the body's better. I'm not 100% sold on the grip. No? No. I, on some lenses, I get a little bit pinched. Oh. On some lenses. Um, but, yeah, it is oh, what it is. Oh, interesting, yeah. Yeah. There's I never have a problem. My hands are way smaller than yours. <laughs> so even on the all three, I was like, no, I mean, the grip is pretty good already. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can't understand if you have bigger hands. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's. I, I think when I um, start moving into producing those those prints that I want to do, those really yeah. large things, um, it, will, it will come in handy. Okay. But definitely... Um, the A7S III is uh, I, I'm allotting yeah. some cash just to yeah because you know videos is is the way forward yeah well I was I was keeping money also for the A7S III and then I just couldn't wait so I got yeah. the A7 III okay. <laughs> which is great for video also it's great yeah. it's great the low yeah. light and everything I'm like yeah it's okay I'll, we'll see when the A7S III comes out yeah and a bargain at that price yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so I was like eh, let's just do that one yeah I had a question from the other day from someone and they were asking what do you do when you shoot always the same city right mm. How do you... Because right now you're in Chicago. What, what do you do to try something different? Um, it's interesting. Um, I spent many years just getting to know London and just exploring, exploring. And um, I wouldn't say that I've mastered Chicago. Um, but the, you do reach a point of saturation sometimes. And yeah. you do need to kind of step out. Um, I've been fortunate enough to kind of travel around the States quite a few places and stuff and over the years I've built up a network of um, you know US based photographers who yeah. are you know uh, willing to, to show me around and give me tips on, on where to go and stuff and I do my own research as well um, and yeah you, you just sometimes reach a saturation point with the city um, I know specifically when I want to shoot Chicago I want to shoot during fog season I want to shoot Um, at certain points during the winter when I, when the water freezes over oh yeah that's, that's, so that's cool. amazing sometimes when it's snowing not all the time yeah. um, especially for sunrise when it's frozen exactly yeah really long shadows in the winter um, yeah there's certain times but summer, I missed it but I missed the, the Chicago Bench yeah, is that what it's called when it's hitting like yeah there's two years so you got the second one coming cool when September uh, potentially I'll yeah. let you know Yeah, like yeah. I, I, because I've been like, oh, damn it, I've really yeah, yeah. wanted to shoot it. And maybe you know Alex uh, from Chai Shooters? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. yes. Uh, I was with him in Yosemite in San Francisco just before Kendo. Okay. And uh, and yeah, I keep telling Alex, like, damn it, I, I totally miss it. I wasn't around yeah, yeah. in March and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, maybe there's another, I mean, there should be another one in, I think, yeah. like, end There'll of the year. Another, yeah, yeah, there'll be another one. So, you know, you, you, you work out, like, when you want to go and shoot these places and you just make it happen. Like, for instance, just after fog season ends in Chicago, yeah. fog season starts in San Francisco. True. So if that's something you're interested in, then you you know you, yeah. you work out when's the best time to kind of go there and stuff. And I've been wanting to go to Japan oh, yeah. to shoot the cherry blossoms for a while now. But, you know, all in good time. Well, come in October, we're going to be there. But the cherry blossoms won't be there then. No. It's going to be fall colors, though. True. Which, True. Uh, which is also very pretty in the, in yeah. the cities and outside the cities. Yeah. Because they have, uh, obviously, a bunch of trees. Yeah. And it just turns, everything turns fire. 
like orange red it's beautiful interesting hopefully i'm gonna catch it okay the right time right. i went for uh, cherry blossom last year yeah yeah how was it recall it's beautiful yeah but it's unpredictable a little bit um i mean unpredictable yeah. you just have to go for a month and you'll catch it <laughs> just go to one of the most expensive seasons in the world for a month yeah <laughs> during okay. the most expensive season yeah 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, but it's okay. You can couch surf. You can find friends. It's uh, it's not an issue. Yeah, that's awesome. How how do you feel about uh, about lenses? Like, what's your go to lens? Um, so, so interesting enough, my 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 relationship with lenses is kind of a a weird one. In that, I remember starting out Instagram, and when I got my A seven. Yeah, first A7. Um, I had the 35mm 2.8 and I was in Toronto and this is where I was kind of... Toronto's kind of my my second photography home. Like mm -hmm. kind of my, my spiritual home. Cause Toronto? Toronto, yeah. Really? Yeah, because I, I, I learned a lot about Instagram and photography on this one trip oh. and it just really opened my mind to the possibilities of... I've been wanting to go to Toronto. You should go. You should go. Um, And um, I remember being in this, I think it's called Graffiti Alley in Toronto. Yeah. And I was trying to get this shot and I'm right back up against the wall and I just couldn't get enough in my frame. And just over time, I got more and more frustrated with how much you could fit in your frame. Yeah. And so I, I gradually went to wider and wider lenses. And the point at which my Instagram really took off is when I got the 16 to 35 F4. Yeah. Um, That's when Instagram featured me for well, Architecture Day. Like a lot of my work considered some of the shots I'm most well known for. Yeah. I've taken on the 16 to 35 oh, at 16. Sweet. And I love that lens. Yeah. Um, I, I don't use it anymore, but it got because the F4, at a certain point, you start to realize that it's. Yeah. Some of the places I'm going to, if you're indoors, needed a tripod. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of places I was going to, they're not letting you set a tripod up to, to yeah. get a shot. Like, who is this guy? You know? Yeah, yeah, they're like, sir, um, you can't, do you have a permit? Yeah. <laughs> get out so, of here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, just over time, I remember being completely blown away by, you know, the 14 millimeter 2.8. Oh, um, I've never tried that. Yes, it, it's. It, is, it a, is it the Prime? So the Canon one was a 14mm 2.8. Yeah. And I remember seeing some of the photography that some of the New York guys would get in. I think I saw some stuff that um, like Trash Hand and Max Lightner would get in with a 14 2.8. And I still had my 16. It was, yeah. like, it was wide, but it was like, it was just, there's a little yeah. bit extra they were getting. Oh, I could add more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember seeing um, the Nikon had a 14 to 24 2.8. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's... That's really cool. So I, I got an adapter to Nikon to FE mount. Yeah. And I used that for a while and that was that was really good. Stepped up my game for sure. Um, just 2.8 and 14. Yeah. So just open up doorways. But then Sigma just came and just changed the whole game with a 14 millimeter 1.8. Oh yeah, that's true. They have, but it, it's massive, right? It is massive. Yeah. And... It's 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 weird for like for me. This is why I say I have a bit of a weird relationship for me. Like when you look at that lens, it's yeah. it's, it's a stunning lens to just look at. Yes. Like you look at you just see you the, look at the glass. glass the front like, element ah. is like is is impressive, and people see you with it and and like just holding it. Like people want to take pictures of you holding it. Like yeah. I can't I can't tell you the amount of pictures really? I've got of me just holding the lens. Um, and so it's kind of become like weapon of choice when I'm doing architecture. Like it's like nice. go to. Having said that, 
despite me having created a hashtag called wide why not which yeah. is all about like getting as wide as you can and you know yeah. all that kind of despite all of that if I was stuck on a desert island and I needed to shoot with one lens yeah it'd be the 35mm 1.4 oh yeah and I love it for for video yeah and I love it for stills you can do a little bit of you can do a little bit of um, everything with it mm. so you can do some architecture with it yeah. not an amazing amount um, but you can do some architecture with it but you can do product you can do portraits you can do video you can you know so it's it's really cool I do like the 2414 yeah it's, I've always it's, liked the it's since I've had it yeah I can't stop using it yeah um, and it's so small on the, the the combination of that on the A7R4 yeah like the crop sensor mode where it takes you to like a 3514 yeah. kind of yeah look it's like that's a that's a really good combination because obviously even the 3514 yeah um, when you super 35 it it's 26 megapixels yeah so that was the other that's, other that's thing about the yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's more megapixels than Sony's APS-C yeah. range so that's what I said I'm like if you want to save money on lenses get an R4 and buy one lens and then yeah. just keep cropping yeah, yeah and <laughs> I mean, I have ex- amazing images yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's me with, with, with lenses um I do have I have I have a fair few lenses I mean I don't yeah. know if people consider it a lot but you know everything right up to you know 70 to 200 um, and pretty much everything down below yeah. with the exceptions of maybe a 55 a 40 do you have the 10 to 14 at uh, the the lower no isn't that isn't that or a 10, Sony like or 12 to it's 12, is it, it's 12 to 24 yeah 12 I don't have the 12 to 24. No, I have... That's wider than 14. <laughs> it is wider than 14, but I have the 10 to 18 oh. lower. Oh, nice. Which is crazy wide. Yeah? Yeah. That must be like... It's yeah, it's, it's crazy wide, and I, and I only use it in certain circumstances yeah. because when you use the Sigmas, at a certain point, you get used to a certain level of crispness and detail. Yes. And the crispness and detail is something that's always played into the voice which I found on, on Instagram. I remember looking at, uh, in photography in general, my voice in, in terms of like how I want to talk to people visually. Um, the signature I want in all of my stuff is for it to be crisp, clean, yeah. and you know, just very much there. And 10 to 18, sometimes you get to get soft and mushy on the edges. Yeah. So Sigma kind of helps me to maintain that feel. Yeah, well, prime lenses feel sharper in general. Like absolutely, I would say. I mean, absolutely. yes, sixteen thirty-five to eight, or like yeah. those are like amazingly sharp. But still, yeah. uh, there is still a little something yeah. I feel in the in the primes. Yes, I, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that I think that even if Sigma had done a zoom lens, yeah, I think it still probably would have been sharper than the lower. Oh uh, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, t- it's 10 to 18. Yeah, they have a 18-35 that's, that every single filmmaker uses, the 1.8. Like, yes, and, and then like, they have the, is it 52? Yeah, they have another one, like the fi- I know 17-50, uh, something like that. Yes. But they have one that every single filmmaker yep. is like, yep. no, that's the sharpest le- yep. zoom I've ever owned, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm not, never going to change yep. that. I'm like, oh, wow. Yep. Like, well, you're gonna- yeah, Sigma's, Sigma's doing some really awesome things. Um 
I'm I'm really interested to see like in the lens war. Yeah. Like especially for FE mount, like yeah. who's going to kind of come out on top because Sigma's doing some really interesting things in mm-hmm. terms of their lens lineup. Yes. Sony's obviously got some really great lenses which people are really loving. Yeah. So as much as I love my 35.14, the 35.18, I looked at it and I was like, I'm not even interested in it. And then, really? And then I saw how small it is. And I and I held it, yeah. And then I looked at the image quality difference between the two. It's minimal, if it's, anything. It's so small. It's so nice. It's yeah, and it's like it's it'd probably be a really good walk around lens. Exactly, like you're shooting throughout the day or whatever. You want to have something. Yeah. I can put that lens in my pocket. I can already put the twenty four one four, but now I can put it with a tight jean. Yeah, I can put that lens in the pocket. Yeah, like, so. so you know, and I know that if I use it for video, you know, that is going to be what minimal difference in in light. Yeah, minimal. <laughs> that's true. That well, it's not even a stop. So it's, yeah. that's what I tell people. Like, I even made a video one four versus one eight, like yeah. shooting a different. I'm going to check, I'm check out that video because I'm, I'm those sure. Two and, and and like I I had problem telling yeah. what photo was which, so I had to look at metadata when I was creating the video. Just to get it right when I was dropping it in the timeline, because I was yeah. like, "Wait, was that one four or or two eight or one one so, eight? So it makes me laugh because it's like I tell everyone that my desert island lens is yeah. a thirty five one four, yeah. But I'm considering cheating on my thirty five one four with a thirty five one eight. Yeah, and maybe you can bring uh, matches or like a lighter instead, you know, for the the amount of weight you save. <laughs> in that way, you can make a fire and eat. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that could be. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you compromise on that one is yeah. something you can get. For. But it, no, it's, I mean, we joke, but like, as a running gun, as a running gun content creator, if that's the yeah. title you want to use, the difference in weight can make it can make a big difference. And the, the longer you're shooting, yeah, you know, it, you know that that could be the difference in another battery pack, yeah, or maybe a gimbal or. Yeah. you know another lens well, yeah and, and not just the weight but the size and so it, it starts to it starts to weigh down and then you know as you get older you, you know <laughs> it's like to work out like oh man do I how long do I want to be doing these long days it's true and there are points where I'm even thinking like I feel like I take more photos or I will like if I have a 7200 every time I have to lift it up yeah. I just think about it. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. You know, is it Ex- worth it? Exactly. You have a Especially 35 you're, tired. you're like, I-, I took so many random shots of people yeah. yesterday and made me super happy. Yeah. You know, like to go back to that super yeah. playful thing. Um, and, and I think that's a great part was, was the small lenses. You're absolutely right. That, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head. You, you start to ask yourself, is it worth it? Yeah. And the problem that I find is with those, is it, is it worth it moments is, Later in the day, when you're tired, you might think, mm, maybe it's not worth it. And that's when you might yes. miss the key shot. Yeah, and the day after, it. you're like, damn it, I should have taken that shot. Yeah. And if you had the 3518, maybe you would have taken it. Exactly. Maybe. It's all about accessibility yeah. and uh, ease of use, yeah. I think. That's, that's a key. Yeah. That's true. Because, you know, I, I'm always trying to think, like, how can I work smarter rather than harder? Right? Yeah. And you want to get lighter and smaller and lighter and smaller. And one yeah. one thing that Sony has has uh, encouraged, good or bad, is I remember when they initially came out with the mirrorless. I was like, oh man, like it's it's, it's tiny. Like yeah. you know, I can carry more stuff. 
and you end up carrying more stuff and then you, yes. your bag ends up being heavier than people who carry because you're like oh I can add an extra battery pack oh I can add yes. an extra this and that and the blah 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 and then you end up yeah yeah <laughs> and, I've, and I've injured myself many a time from you know overwalking overweight bags too much bag yeah too bag. much gear yeah what, why do you think I have an expedition bag with me at all times because you're on an expedition Well, my life is an adventure, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's it's people screw fashion. This is way more comfortable than okay. anything else. Yeah, like you 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 can hike with that for fifteen, thirty, forty kilometers yeah. in a day. Yeah, my bag's similar to that. Yeah, my bag's similar to and that. And some people, are, I see them, and I'm like. You know, like everything on one, two straps, no, no waist belt, no, nothing. I'm like, dude, like. You know, what I can't you're do. Gonna die. When people have the one strap over the shoulder. I, like, I, I wore it for one day I here, yeah. And I, I, my back, like my yeah. my one side was hurting. I'm yeah. like, no, that's yeah, I can't do tough. that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's we gotta work out as photographers if we want to keep doing it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I want to be mindful with your time, Toby. Yeah. So we're, we're going to wrap up with the most asked questions um, that I get. And it's simply, do you have a creative exercise you can leave people for the weekend? Like people ask me all the time, what can I do to do something different? What should I shoot? You know, what would you do, suggest people to do this weekend? Create something that can people do, can do this weekend. Hmm. Um... I can't think of anything necessarily for this weekend, but one thing I encourage people to do, especially when they're kind of like starting out in photography, is um, get off the stop before your work and then walk mm. the rest of the way and just get a different perspective or get off the stop after your walk and walk backwards. Oh. Just to... Because people... Yeah. One of the things I get told so often is like, man, I walk past that every day. I just didn't I didn't I never thought to look up I never thought to do this and yeah. there's there's so much inspiration around people mm -hmm. um, and they just forget to look at it they just they just go to their job and yeah. I just advise people to even yeah on the way home as well you know go one stop beyond yeah. where and, and walk back that's a great idea I love that yeah. everyone uh, well if you're driving maybe just stop driving and start walking yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but it, that's a great idea yeah one stop before one stop after that's that's so true and yeah. you discover new areas and stuff yeah in New York have you realized how no one looks up yes similar in London it's it's so crazy it's in so New similar. York I, I I would literally spend my time like going like that in all yeah. directions looking at the light yeah, yeah. and stuff <laughs> then I look around me and people think I'm crazy but I'm yeah. like, you guys are crazy. You, you're missing out on... I yeah. mean, you're missing out. You're not seeing everything. Yeah. And I was with a photographer friend or, or someone who likes to take photos. He's yeah. like, you, how do you see all that? I'm like, just just pay more attention. You know, like just just start yeah. looking. Seek for yeah. where is the light? How is it hitting the top yeah. of the buildings? There's it, so it much. It does surprise me sometimes when I meet photographers who aren't observant. Yeah. I'm like, you're leaving your bread and butter on the table. But I think it's something that is also very, that we develop a lot as a street photographer, city photographer, yeah. Yeah. or even landscape. But if you're shooting just portrait or using artificial light, you might mm -hmm. not get there. You might, because yeah. you're always controlling elements. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, maybe that's why. Maybe. Who maybe. Knows? Yeah. That's awesome. Maybe we're just special. 
Yeah, I mean, we're ba- you're Batman. I'm yeah. I'm Spider-Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. With that being said, we're gonna let you go. Toby, thank you so so much for your time. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Where can people find you online? Um, www.tobyshinobi.com or you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at tobyshinobi. T o b i s h i n o b i. Cool. Everyone, go check out Toby, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Wow, guys, thank you so much for listening this far. If you made it, if you liked that episode, please share it with everyone. Tell everyone it's the best episode ever and that they have to listen to it. That would mean the world to me and also to Toby. And come say hi on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere. TikTok even. Oh, yeah. At Pieti Lambert, at Toby Shinobi. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Get out there, go shoot, try something different, try something new. Bye.